from the Willamette Valley in America's great Pacific Northwest. You are listening to the Ernest Mann Show, and I'm your host, Ernest Mann. No matter where you may be listening in this great, big, beautiful world, we all share. Thank you all so very much for tuning in or for tuning in again. This is episode number 142, World Events, Fuel Prices, Food Prices, and Zelensky's War in Ukraine. We're going to be talking about, well, food prices. And uh, as far as the war in Ukraine is concerned, going to get to that in just a bit. First of all, I wanted to um, explain um, something that I had talked about a few episodes back about concerning fuel prices. And I talked about... Um, there's going to be a steep rise in fuel prices. But there were a couple of things that I didn't take into account. So I am not backtracking on what I'm saying at all. I am simply updating the time frame based on the latest information that I have received. And make no mistake about it, this is going to happen. But we need to move the time frame up just a bit to, uh, say, around the beginning of the beginning, the midpoint of January. And I'm going to tell you why. Um... The situation was such for political reasons that um, things had to have a nice face on them as far as fuel prices were concerned because of the election that was going on back here in November on the 8th. And um, they needed to get through that. So, we talked about, I talked about the issue of the reserves for the fuel. And right now, even up until this point, the fuel prices are, let's just say they're artificially low right now. And they wanted to make certain that they got through midterm elections and what I hadn't taken into account <clears throat> was the fact that there is virtually right around the corner here's Christmas and so in order to squeeze every bit of juice out of this lemon 
they're going to be able to make this work. They're going to have to make this work until after the beginning of the next year. Because if they didn't do that, for this is just one uh, primary reason, there are others, but I'll just stick with this. Um, they want all this money. They want the general perception to basically be like, eh, you know, it's going to be okay. It's been rough for the last couple of years, but, you know, any day now, right around the corner, happy days are here again. And, um, yeah, so you don't want to remind the general population of just how bad things are or just how much worse they're going to get by suddenly increasing fuel prices. And so I feel that um, the smart move would be for them is to hold off. And I believe that is uh, exactly what they plan on doing. And so, that's why the timetable, I have moved it up. So, um, I think there is going to be a significant price increase, as I said. Um, anywhere between 6 to $8 a gallon. Um, certainly is not out of the question. But we'll just have to wait and see. If I'm wrong, I'll eat my hat. Well, maybe not my hat. I'll eat something for you. I'll eat something I really hate. You can send me a request and, a, you know, I'll eat it. Okay? But I don't think that's going to happen. <clears throat> so, yeah. So the fuel prices are going to be obscene and along with that um with the fuel prices or the food prices now i'm sure you're aware that food prices have been creeping up steadily anyway but the two reasons for this one of them is quite real for what's going to happen um and the other one is quite artificial uh, the one reason, again, with the the coming fuel shortage that is going will affect transport of, you know, the, the foodstuffs. And then to piggyback on top of that, of course, to use um, any excuse they possibly can, they're going to gouge. And it's just how much are they going to gouge? is the question. But they're going to gouge. And um, so up until this point, what I would advise, besides stocking up as best you can on everything, is... Um, when you get around to, well, actually, I'm getting ahead of myself. Besides the stocking up, um, 
hold off on your Christmas purchases until Red Saturday, uh, Red Friday. A uh, Red Friday is the last Friday of December. And that's right, after Christmas. So if you really must and have to and can't break away from engaging in this gigantic corporate Ponzi scheme known as Christmas, um, make up any excuse that you have to, any any way you can do it. Um, you shouldn't have to explain things like this to your kids. You shouldn't. Um, in previous generations, you know, for instance, kids didn't always get presents on Christmas. Um... So, yeah. So, maybe they will, maybe they won't. But if you really want to save some money, which in turn would help your family, wait till that Friday on Red Friday, and you'll discover that all the things that were going to be just gone, 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 and put the fear of God into you, and they're never coming back ever again, They'll be there, folks. They'll be there. They're not going away for all eternity. Hold on to your money, and you'll get even better deals. Just hold on to your money. Because it ain't going anywhere. They've been using that technique on people for 50, 60, 70 years. You know, the slogans in advertising. But you must act now. Shit, if they had their way, you know, you could buy a car and two weeks later, there would be someone cramming their voice through your ears, proclaiming how you must have a new car. You could say, yeah, but I, I, I just bought this Two weeks ago. Doesn't matter. You need a new car. So it's it's all really quite ridiculous and silly and ultimately stupid. But hey, it's marketing. And that's America. So. But um, yeah, I'd hold off on all of that. And uh, hold off as, as long as you can. Hell, wait till you'll see what I'm talking about. You want to stretch it another week. Go till after the beginning, like say the first week of January. And you'll see what I'm talking about. And you'll say, wow, this stuff all didn't just go away. Because another for example, to give the, they have to have the illusion of scarcity in this case. That's what drives the sales to the unexpecting and unaware consumer. So they quite literally, and 
I can tell you this because I know people and I know managers. I know people in the business. This is something that they've been doing more and more. And that is um, having a very light inventory indoors, but it's not the main inventory. And so at least technically they could say of a given item, whatever it is, they could turn around and they could, you know, they love to do this. It could be, you know, December the 22nd, 23rd. By the 23rd, that's usually it. The clock's really ticking. If I don't have that latest, I don't know, bike or widget or game, if I don't have it under the Christmas tree for Johnny on Christmas Day, the fucking world will come to an end. Can't disappoint the children. How could you be so cruel? But anyway, um, yeah, about to make sure they run out of these things and the scarcity takes hold about the 23rd. But the fact is, within, they can get another shipment within four or five days. Oh, look, we just, oh, in our main warehouse, I just came across another 300 or 500 of them. It's all a game, folks. It's a sad, stupid game. And, you know, unfortunately, many people are not um, adult enough to see past it. And so they take full advantage of that. So I know about this, and I am trying to be helpful and all I can, one of the most difficult things for many people um, is trying to get the notion across that however they've been conditioned, let's say, to that, you know, if you don't get this item and if you don't get it now, you don't, if you don't do then. The sun will not rise, and the earth will stop rotating on its fucking axis. And I'm telling you, it won't. It's going to be fine, really. And you save a whole bunch of money. So, there's that. Now... If I think I filled that in pretty well, and um, I'm going to talk about Zelensky's war. Now, I realize I understood when I started doing this, it's been over two years now, and I had some core beliefs And part of that core belief system is, okay, well, if you know what you know, 
I'm not going to tell you what is common and what is popular and go along with that narrative. Because I don't want to be disingenuous. One of the hardest things for people to deal with is truth. And it's a really strange thing, and I'm sure quite a few of you know this, that they say, you know, the old adage of going to the doctor, and it's the old cliched, oh, just, I can handle it, give it to me straight, doc. But no, they can't. <laughs> they say that. But they don't want that. Because, again, many people have just become uh, so conditioned, almost in a childlike manner, that you can't speak as an adult, you can't speak frankly. It just shatters them. And I don't believe that's healthy for an adult. I don't believe it's I don't even believe it's healthy for a child. I think this whole Santa Claus thing is just it's really it's just nonsense and marketing. But I don't really believe it's healthy for children. They're always talking about the children, the children, we must save. Well, stop fucking lying to them. You know, they have undeveloped minds, but they're not simpletons. Learning process starts quite young. And, you know, so there's just countless, we don't need to be, we don't need to be filling their heads with feel-good, marshmallowy, you know, sickeningly saccharine tales of everything under the sun. We need to start, you know, introducing them to the truth and the realities of life pretty early on. We don't have to be that harsh about it. There's ways that you can explain it, <laughs> you know. So, that's my take on that. And, uh, oh yeah, where was I? Zelensky's war, that's right. So many people, again, have been thoroughly uh, indoctrinated with constantly seeing uh, the riveting news of Ukraine and, you know, Russians pound this orphanage and Russians do this. You know, if they could, they would just have hordes of, of you know, Russian Cossacks with, with swords drawn, just, you know, absolutely massacring people if, if, they, if they could get away with it. I'm sure they want to. But this dispute goes back a long, a long ways. And it's basically been a festering wound that's been unsettled. And it's kind of like between, you know, Zelensky and Putin. And it's like, okay, for several years with Ukraine, it's like, well, you know, let's just leave sleeping dogs lie, has been the attitude. But 
Um, you know, apparently, you know, just Putin got sick of it. And he says, like, look, I'm sick of this. There's a issue of territory and ethnic Russians, and they don't want to be, they're currently in Ukraine, they don't want to be, they wanted to be where the original lines were in this very complex situation. And um, Zelensky and company basically forced them, says no. It's sort of like a peevish, he reminds me of a peevish, immature, you know, little little kid. You know, they get to that difficult stage in the sandbox or whatever it is, or, you know, kind of like the terrible twos thing and everything you say is no. <laughs> and no matter what you say, well, can you give me a piece of candy? No. And that, to me, that's what he's like. Um, <clears throat> the problem is, is that this former comedian is engaging in his own personal hate harangue to Putin. And he reminds me, it's like that child that just wants to say, no, I'm not giving you these annexed here. No. And so the media, if you want to call it that, I guess it at more accurately should be called almost now the the universal <laughs> the universal um, propaganda machine in favor of you know hating Putin at every turn. And uh, yeah, so you you only just see the highlights. Russia's done this. Russia's done that. And then the, the epic struggles of the poor Ukrainians. And occasionally, they, you know, they have won a few battles here and there. Then they're cheering and they're dancing and smiling for democracy and blah, blah, blah. And it's, it's just, it's just God. It's, you, you, <laughs> it's just, yeah. And, um, but the thing is, now that, uh, of course, many people from this war, quote-unquote, which could have been totally prevented. This entire conflict could have been prevented if not for Zelensky. But now, there's something that is changing concerning that because, of course, he was, um, you know, buddy buddies with the U.S. State Department and the U.S. media and perhaps, you know, France a bit with France. But he's um, he's kind of wearing out his welcome. Because, you know, they gave him basically they gave him his 15 minutes of fame and he never misses a, a camera. And he never misses an opportunity and to preach about Ukraine and democracy and Ukrainian people, blah, blah, fucking blah, endlessly. But they are actually getting sick of his endless request for money and arms. And 
because the fact is, in addition to anything else, um, there, you know, we're having, we're kind of in a big economic pickle here ourselves, <laughs> in case anybody hasn't noticed. And so is France. And so, you know, <laughs> times are tight. What do you do when you tell someone, hey, times are tight? And now he's he's really beginning to get on their nerves. And um, because basically throughout this whole this whole thing that's been going on, they only in reality, despite what they say to the press and the freedom, democracy, the usual or shit. But the fact is, as far as the U.S. is concerned, and no, and no, really nobody else, just the U.S., perhaps parts of Europe, perhaps France to a certain extent, but primarily the U.S., they want the U.N. with permanent bases in there on those borders that is strategically closing in and closing the gap on Russia. And Russia's not stupid. Russia is aware of this. And Russia has been aware virtually from the time from its from the UN's inception that in reality, again, you get past the nice sounding rhetoric and everything, but the net effect is that the UN is nothing but a a a puppet organization for the US military strategic interest. That's it. Primarily, whose primary real function is to corral and curtail Russia any way they can. And that's also why there is such a huge, as an example, um, one of the few nations that has, you know, some fairly significant military power of course is china and that's why there is this huge thing this huge ruckus about taiwan and it's not going to go away because if the u.s or its allies meaning france britain or possibly germany but more or less probably the u.s again because of what they, the equipment they have in, in that region. Anyway, China knows that if we have full-fledged occupational you know, powers and, and what we can do from Taiwan, if that happens for them, it's game over. Because then once the, we have that, and it's heavily, once we get there, and it's heavily established, then we utterly control the shipping lanes. And China, for example, yeah, they are they sell to the world, but they also import a hell of a lot of material, particularly foodstuffs. And again, if we, you know, if we utterly control and shut down access to the South China Sea, they see the writing on the wall and they have, you know, 
pretty much drawn a line in the sand. And we keep encroaching and encroaching and just nitpicking at them through Taiwan. And, but I'm telling you, sooner or later, they're going to decide this, you know, I'm, I'm not saying they're not going to go full-blown nuclear, but, um, you know, America and, you know, some of those, some of those cruisers or aircraft carrier or two or something, you know, can be uh, taken out. And in that area, you know, the U.S. might get its ass handed to it in a high hat. And because they, in this case, in this particular case, not in all cases, but in this case, we have been the aggressor for many years. Many, many years. And sooner or later, things come to a head. And that is the same thing that happened in Ukraine. And it's going on. And, you know, despite the bluster and so forth of Putin claiming that he's nukes are not out of the question, he's not going to use nukes. He's just going to be, you know, conventional slaughter, killing. But the thing that the thing that gets me is they constantly talk about, and this is true, this part of this whole problem is true, is of course it's winter. Hell, it's winter where I am. It's cold. It's cold outside. And uh, no one um, who is not a sociopath, nobody wants to see anyone cold and freezing and you know, without power and without water and, and all the rest of that. So I, I'm, I definitely am in sympathy with that. <clears throat> but it's the strange irony. If they want to talk about, they were comparing, ironically, they're comparing, you know, they did that last year, did it heavily, comparing him to Hitler. If anyone has been as charismatic of the people of Ukraine, if anyone, ironically, would be guilty of that, it would be Zelensky, not the other way around. And it's just like you watch the old, you know, movies of Germany and the people who were just believed so fanatically, and that is the same thing occurring there. It really is. Now, if you, for instance, you ask the people on the other side of this in the disputed area and you ask the, you know, the ethnic, uh, the Russians, the people the, that this whole stupid debacle is about, they're like, uh, no, he's not a good guy. And <laughs> these people treated us terribly for m many, many years. Very bad. And under his sanction and his predecessors and the predecessor, the one before that. So that's a long-winded way of saying that 
they, and when I say they, I'm referring to the ethnic Russians who live to the north, I believe in the Donbass region. They are called separatist in Ukraine. They have not been treated very well by the Ukrainian government. So despite however much Zelensky wants to paint himself as this super uh, virtuous freedom fighter, you have to remember they have a regime that, well, goes back to uh, heavy dealings with the Nazis. They've always been a pro-Western, but also pro-authoritarian regime, which just happens to sit perfectly fine with the U.S., as long as they can use them as a satellite state, basically, to uh, put missiles in Russia's back door. But Zelensky is no paragon of virtue, as he keeps cleverly trying to paint himself as. As a matter of fact, if there's anyone you'll notice that just wants to keep going on and on and on with this conflict, no matter how many, not only ethnic Russians, but even Ukrainians, are killed, it's definitely Zelensky. Well, what did you think about that? I'd really like to hear what you have to say. So go on over to my website, theearnestmanshow.com, and put down your two cents worth. And while you're there, please feel free to listen to any and all the episodes you like. Plus, check out the other interesting things on my website. Until next time, this is Ernest saying take care. I'm out of here.